peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet, what's good? So we are returning to the book of Exodus and we're starting out today in chapter seven, verse one. But I wanted to start by saying something. I think each and every one of us who, who do read the Bible, and even if you're not a Bible reader, you still have your biases, right? There's things that you've been taught your whole life. And so when you come into situations, you come into those situations with what you've been taught in mind. And there's nothing wrong with that. But where we do go wrong is because we hold so faithful to these what I'm going to call biases. Sometimes because of those biases, we can't see what's actually in front of us because we want to see what we want to see. Right. You've been taught a certain thing your whole life. You read these verses with those teachings in mind. And all you can see is those verses framed around what you've been taught. And what I'm learning as I'm reading through the book of Exodus, I didn't so much see this while I was reading Genesis, though I'm sure it was there. I just didn't really see it, but I'm definitely seeing it more now. And what I'm seeing is I have biases and because I have biases, I've read things into verses instead of just saying, huh, I wonder what this actually means because I don't really know. And I think, I think all of us in some ways are afraid of that eventuality, right? We are afraid to come to a place where we're like, I don't actually know what the Bible says about this. I know what I've been taught, but I'm not sure if that is actually true. If what you believe can't be challenged, you need to question what you believe. Everything can be challenged. Now, that doesn't mean that your your challenges are. How can I say um, your challenges are true, right? You can challenge something and be wrong. But if what you're challenging or, or if what you're thinking on can't be challenged, then you probably need to question whether it has any validity because something that, that, that stands and is valid can, can withstand challenge. That's why I'm not afraid of Bible critics. Bible critics don't put fear in me. I don't really care how smart they are, how many degrees they have. I believe that the Bible can be challenged and questioned, and I believe it will stand up to those questions. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get to a verse and you'll know why I led with that, because I was forced as I read this verse to back up before I made an attempt to explain something away instead of saying, well, huh, I don't really understand that, but let me try to understand it from the context of the Bible versus just going off on some tangent because of something I was taught that may or may not be right. Anyway. The book of Exodus, chapter 7 and verse 1. Let's get into this. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Now that word used for God there in um, Exodus 7.1 is the Hebrew word Elohim, which means rulers, judges, divine ones, angels, gods, god, goddesses, godlike one. Uh, works of special possessions of God, the true God. So to Pharaoh, Moses is going to be like, uh, like God, right? This, this is how, this is how God is setting up Moses and Aaron going to Pharaoh. The way Pharaoh is going to see them, Moses is going to be the source of power, uh, the source of the message and Aaron is going to be his prophet, the deliverer of that message and the shower of these works. Um, verse two, thou shalt speak all that I command thee and Aaron, thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of his land. So Moses is going to be like the big homie even though Moses is actually the younger brother. Verse three. Now this is where I had to stop and remove my biases, right? So verse three says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Now I know that there is a certain sect of people, namely Calvinists that view this, this verse a certain way. This is by no means an attempt to uh, attack someone who holds to the Calvinist viewpoint. I, I'm, I'm kind of learning that one, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know everything and I can be wrong about many things. Now the Bible's always right. My understanding and perception of the Bible may not always be right, but the Bible itself is always right. So the viewpoint of uh, Calvinist is God can do whatever he will, which is 100% factual. I agree with that. God is in heaven. God from everlasting to everlasting, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the ancient of days. God is beyond me, right? My, my human comprehension can't even, my, my brain can't really wrap itself around the concept of God. I know that he is, and that he is a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. But outside, outside of that understanding the depth of God, this side of, uh, this side of life, I'm not sure that that will ever happen. Now, I believe I can understand God to the best of my ability, given what I have in God's word, how he describes himself, what he says about himself and his creation. I can get and accurate as a viewpoint of God as I can from this side. All right. But so you hold that viewpoint. God can do whatever he will. So he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right. Period. End of story. It's possible. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that that's not the case. But I'm not I'm not going to necessarily say that dogmatically because, again, I removed all biases. Now, just. Purely looking at this verse, looking at the Bible for what it is, 
in all of its context. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the thoughts I had. So we know that God is from everlasting to everlasting, no beginning, no end. We know that God is not contained within time as we know it. God created time. He's not contained within time. So now, and this is one of those things where it's hard to wrap our brain around, but the way we see time is as things happen, right? We see time present and past. God sees all of time, past, present, future, everything all at one time. I can't even, it's almost like my brain has a short circuit just thinking about that. So with that in mind, is now, now I'm going to approach this verse asking a question because I don't necessarily have the answer at this moment. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having an answer. This is my question. Is this verse, is the intent of this verse, the fact that God arbitrarily hardened Pharaoh's heart, or is the intent in this verse, God knowing all things past, present, future, all time, it's, it's like things have already happened, right? Nothing is going to surprise God. Could it be that God knowing Pharaoh's heart, knowing what Pharaoh would do, knowing that as he showed these miracles, as, as Moses, um, as the, as the message from God to Moses is relayed to Pharaoh via Aaron. I know that was a lot there. God knowing that Pharaoh's not going to want to hear any of this. God knowing exactly how Pharaoh is going to respond to the miracles. He's just going to double down and be hardened. Is that the intent, right? Right. So what I'm saying is, is God telling Moses, I'm going to do some things and Pharaoh is going to double down. Thusly, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Right. So not necessarily in the sense that he's going to arbitrarily harden Pharaoh's heart. I know that was kind of a roundabout way of seeing that. It's just a question. I don't know. But when I when I looked at this verse, I was like, I can't just approach this verse with with this bias from what I've heard or what I've been taught. I'm approaching verses like this with questions because I want to get the answer. I don't want my biased answer. I want the actual Bible answer. So I'm saying that was my thought. And I don't know. Verse four, but Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. Everyone, or, or most people, I'm not going to say everyone, I, I got to get out of saying that. Most people, include myself, when you read through the Old Testament, you read through the Old Testament with the thought in mind, the people of God and God dealing with the people of God. But what nobody pays attention to is, all people belong to God. All creation belong to God. We are all his. So God is not just dealing with Israel in the Old Testament. God is dealing with Israel and all of the nations. But that's something that somehow we've we've lost that truth as we read the Bible. Right. So when I read that, I thought, man, God is not only 
freeing the people of Israel, he's also dealing with the, the Egyptians, right? Like they're not just going to get away scot-free. God is dealing with them as well. In verse, uh, where is that? Verse five. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. There will be no excuse to anyone in Israel at this point, according to this, of who the most high God of heaven and earth is. There will be no excuse. Nobody there will have any excuse for why they worship any pagan gods and why, why they do not worship the true and living God of heaven and earth. Because God said the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt. God said they're going to know. You can rest assured they're going to know. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them. So did they. And Moses was fourscore years old. So Moses is 40. And Aaron fourscore and three years old. Aaron was 43. When, uh, when they spake unto Pharaoh. So Aaron is three years older than his, than his brother. And, uh, I believe, I believe that's 43. I believe a score is 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so verse eight, and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron saying, when Pharaoh shall speak unto you saying show a miracle for you then and so this is kind of what led me to what i think about the hardening of pharaoh's heart this interaction right here then shalt thou say unto aaron take thy rod and cast it before pharaoh and it shall become a serpent and moses and aaron went in unto pharaoh and they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. And Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods and he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So this is what makes me wonder if, if it was, if it was a result of, so God sends Moses and Aaron, Aaron delivers the message, throws down a rod. Pharaoh sees this miracle, brings his wise men in. They do the same thing. So, several things that my mind thinks when I see this, how would a person, how would an onlooker have known that Pharaoh's magicians, his wise men were fraudulent? They just did the same thing that Aaron did, right? Even though Aaron's serpent swallowed theirs, but how would an onlooker know? How, how would, how exactly would they know? Okay. Yeah. Aaron's is legit. These dudes are false because they did the same thing. This is where the whole signs and wonders thing gets tricky. And that's why I'm always so iffy about the whole signs thing, especially now. I'm not saying that it's not a thing, 
I'm just saying, I don't know if I have enough discernment to go off of that at times. But what happened here is I think Pharaoh, because his magicians were able to do the same thing in him, that swelled up some arrogance, right? So he thought, well, if my magicians can do exactly what Aaron did, then heck, who is this God that they proclaim to worship? Who is he? My magicians can do the same thing. And I, I believe that arrogance further made Pharaoh double down on not wanting to let the children of Israel go. And I, and I, and I believe that's primarily what the Bible was talking about when it, when it talks about God hardening Pharaoh's heart. I'm not sure. And I'm not saying this dogmatically, but what I'm saying is I don't know if it was an arbitrary, I'm just going to go down harden Pharaoh's heart. So he doesn't believe God knowing all things knew when he showed this sign, he knew what Pharaoh would do, knew what his magicians would do and knew Pharaoh in his arrogance would say, well, if my magicians can do the same thing, then who's this all powerful God? You proclaim the worship. We just did the same thing you can do. And I think that's what made him double down. I'm not saying I'm 100% right about that. These are just my thoughts. I'm trying to think my goal in studying my Bible is to think through the Bible and see what the Bible actually says, regardless of whatever it is that I think. And regardless of whatever my biases are, I just want to know what the Bible actually says so I can at least have some kind of answer for different questions that may come up. And also, I want to also be in a position when I don't know to just simply say, look, I don't know. And I'm comfortable with that. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.